good evening, everyone. It's good. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Y'all are getting better. It's great to see all of you here tonight, and we want to welcome all of you to Grace Church Campus for Wednesday night Bible study. And for those of you that are joining us via Facebook Live and live stream, welcome to you as well. We're glad that you could be with us tonight. Just want to give you a few announcements this evening before Pastor comes. First of all, all of the men, we want to remind you that uh, this coming Saturday at 9 a.m. in the A Center, we will have men's prayer, and hopefully you can join us. And on Sunday, the 29th, that's this coming Sunday, that will be the last day for a Move the Mission offering. For those of you that have been contributing to that, if you haven't yet and you've been waiting, well, it's time. You've got until this coming Sunday for that. Also, uh, this coming Sunday will be the last day for 21 Days of Sacrifice. And finally, Sunday, September 5th, we will have a baked goods sale that will include some IOUs after the altar service in the A Center. And uh, those are typically pretty fun here at Grace Church. So uh, we want to encourage you to remember that. Come with a little extra cash in your pocket and uh, be ready to spend for a good cause on September 5th. And finally, I uh, just want to remind you again, you can always stay tuned with what's going on here at Grace Church via the app or just by clicking on the events tab on our website. Those are all of the announcements, and we're ready for Bible study. God bless you this evening as Pastor comes. Thank you, Jason, and good evening, everybody. Uh, great to see you tonight. Thankful that you are all here. Uh, for Bible study, and uh, we're going to jump into that just in, in just a moment. But before we do, uh, I'm very happy to announce that next Wednesday night we'll start Kids Church, and uh, we're real excited about that. That's all of our kids, four through nine. Uh, we'll be going somewhere in the building. I, I guess you'll be notified some kind of way uh, on where they will be meeting. But we're real excited about that, and I thought about it. Instead of calling the kids up here last Sunday, I should have called the parents up here last Sunday and see what kind of response we would have gotten. There had been a lot of jumping up and down and all that. We'll take a rain check for our next worship service on the excitement and the jumping up and down about Jesus instead of kids' church, right? But we're excited. Thank you, Christy Knows, for uh, making all of this happen, and uh, all of you wonderful people that have agreed uh, to work with her and uh, uh, all the staff that she's put together. It's going to be really exciting for our kids, and we're real excited about that. Also, next Wednesday night, is uh, we're going to have youth service for our students 11 and up, and they will be going to the A Center. And uh, we're excited about that. And uh, should I call all of you up, or y'all good? Y'all excited about it, or should I call you up and see what kind of Okay, there you go. There you go. There's a little bit of noise. That's right. So uh, Brother Dave is handling that, and um, it's going to be great. I can promise you that. Um, Brother Dave, as all of you know, uh, has been student pastor before, and uh, he sure knows what he's doing. So I'm very confident uh, our students are going to have an amazing time and youth service, and we're real excited about that. And I will say for those of you that are alive and remain here in the sanctuary next Wednesday night, it's going to be awfully quiet, man. We're going to have to get us old folks charged up doing something. I don't know what we're going to do, but um, we still going to have Bible study. we still going to have a great time, and everybody said amen. amen. Thank the Lord. Um, Tonight, I want to—I I don't want to say too much about tonight because of what we're going to be saying this coming Sunday. But uh, uh, I mentioned to you um, last Sunday briefly that we have some things to say this coming Sunday, and we do. And I'm—I'm I'm so excited. I want to hit fast forward, and let's just go ahead and get to this coming Sunday. Um, I believe God is going to, uh, I believe we're going to see some things that we've not seen in Grace Church. And I'm, I'm sad to say this, but things we've not seen in a long time. And uh, I believe God's going to usher in some great things to Grace Church here in the, in, in the 
in the coming days and weeks. And I believe that. As a matter of fact, it's already started. I'll share that with you Sunday. What I want to do tonight, and everybody listen carefully, what I would like to do tonight is give a, a, an introduction to my message Sunday. Uh, I'll be using a very similar text uh, tonight and next Sunday. And uh, you will probably think when I read my text next Sunday that I'm just going to duplicate what we're going to do here tonight, and I'm not. Tonight's a platform and a setup for this coming Sunday. So I want to read tonight, if you have your Bibles and would like to turn with me, or you're welcome to follow along on the screen, of course. I'd like to call your attention to Judges chapter 6, beginning with verse 8. Uh, I've been studying this, this story now for several days and every time I study it I get something out of it I was uh, here early tonight going over my notes and again read this setting and, and got some more stuff out of it so um, it's, things are coming out of this story it's very familiar uh, to most of you here tonight but there's just things that keep coming out of it and we're going to do our best tonight to just stick to our notes may get a little treachy tonight if that's okay Judges chapter 6, with verse, beginning with verse 8. And the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt, and brought you forth out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of all that oppressed you. It's imperative, you folks grasp this tonight and drave them out before you and gave you their land that'll preach and I said unto you I am the Lord your God fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell but you have not obeyed my voice that's what the prophet said to the nation. Then came an angel, in verse 11, an angel of the Lord, and sat under an oak which was in Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash, the Abba Ezrite, and his son Gideon, threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, and said unto him, The Lord is with thee. Now, let me stop here for a second. When the prophet told the nation, You have not obeyed my voice, I wonder if that included Gideon. Think about that as we traverse through this reading and this Bible study tonight. The angel of the Lord, verse 12, appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor who has for seven years been doing as much good as he could do in secrecy, without anyone knowing it, lest the Midianites come and take what crops he could grow, what animals he could sustain. Notice Gideon's response. The angel of the Lord appeared unto him and referred to him as a mighty man of valor. Now, Gideon has been a part of the Jewish nation all of his life. He's not a new convert. To put that in our terminology, everybody listen. To put that in our terminology, he's been in the United Pentecostal Church, born again, probably received the Holy Ghost as a kid, baptized as a kid. All of his life he's been in this. And however old he is in this scripture, the angel of the Lord addressed him as a mighty man of valor. Notice Gideon's response to that, verse 13. Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, then why is all of this befallen us? Why are we being oppressed by the Midianites? And where be all of his God's miracles, which our fathers told us of, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt, but now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites? The angel ignored all of that. 
and said, The Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, that thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? Are y'all hearing this okay? Everybody's hoping and praying none of this is applying to me right now. I hope you're not. And he said unto him, Gideon said unto him, My Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. So I'm in the lowest rank of the twelve tribes of Israel, and I'm the lowest ranked in my family. So how in the world is God going to use me? And the Lord said unto him, completely ignored that. And the Lord said unto him, surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. We have any believers in the house tonight? Do you believe any of that? Do you believe any of that could be applicable to you? My title tonight, I believe Brother Ben referenced titles in his message Sunday morning. If you were not here, please go back and listen to that or watch it. But my title tonight isn't one of these little generic, I don't mean to discount titles because I like titles too. But when I ask you tonight to consider my title, I'm not asking you to consider just to be a better person. I believe God has spoken to me, and this is a, an introduction, as I just said, to Sunday morning. I want to talk to you for a little while tonight about discovering your full potential. I want to talk to all of us here tonight, including myself, about discovering our full potential as it would relate to a Book of Acts-style lifestyle. Not just being a better Christian and baking cookies for your neighbor once in a while. I'm talking about laying hands on the sick and they shall recover. Do y'all still believe that God could bring miracles back into our lives, into our church, among our friends and our family? Does anybody still believe that here tonight? I was thinking about it tonight, getting uh, literally dressed for church to come tonight. And I began to reminisce. Don't know what caused me to think of it. My mind just went there. Of the people that I've prayed for through the years that were healed instantly. I remember praying for Josh Murphy and God healed him instantly. I remember praying for a lady that was due to have cataract surgery. Prayed for her and God took it away instantly. She screamed, I can see. I could go on and on tonight. Sister Murphy mainly, but I was behind her praying with her. Prayed for a lady who's, you could shove her kneecap all the way, good ways up her leg, face a knee replacement. We prayed for her one night and God healed her instantly. It happened on a Wednesday night. I remember praying for Ethel Spears, praying for her wrist. She was facing uh, surgery on a broken, fractured wrist and God healed her instantly. I can go on and on tonight. Has COVID taken all of that away? When I ask us tonight to discover our full potential, I want you to consider as a church with me tonight of what we've given up over the past 18 months with all this stuff going on. I don't believe God has changed, but I do believe we've developed a little bit of a Gideon attitude. If God can do all this stuff, then why isn't he doing it? It ain't God's problem. God needs to find somebody that will still believe in him and will still step out on faith. God is still looking for somebody that will do that. And I'm saying tonight from my heart, God is ready for Grace Church to discover its full potential again. All right, let's have Bible study. It's amazing to see how God can transform a fearful man into a mighty warrior. Everybody say he's talking about me. Not pastor, talking about the person saying he's talking about me. It's amazing to see how God can transform you 
and to mighty people of God. And that's what we're going to start seeing in the next days and weeks. Anybody believe that here tonight? If Samson is a man of extraordinary strength and power, Gideon is the exact opposite. He is the man hiding on the backstage, afraid of the limelight, and prefers the low-profile attitude towards trouble and conflict. But God has a different plan for Gideon, and God has a different plan for Grace Church. This time... He wants to use an ordinary man to perform an extraordinary task. This time he wants to use what I consider to be right now a pretty ordinary church to do and to perform an extraordinary task. A task that is not even believable. Y'all remember where this story heads up? Gideon is going to go face to face, toe to toe, With the Midianites and the Amorites, there's 135,000 of them. Does anybody know how many Gideon has with him? Nobody? Well, man, I've made a huge assumption here tonight that we were shining for me. Any Sunday school teachers here tonight? 300. Looked it up real quick on Google. (laughs) I'm kidding. He had 300. What? Can I just be real plain here tonight teach this the way I want to? Can y'all give me some latitude? Thank you. What idiot in their right mind thinks that 300 men or me can go toe-to-toe, eye-to-eye with 135,000 trained soldiers and win? This is the task I'm talking about that Gideon could not believe, and I'm going to prove it to you tonight. He couldn't believe it. If I were to tell you some of the things that I believe God has in store for us in, our, in the very near future, some of you wouldn't believe it. Can't happen. I believe there's going to see some backsliders in this church that a month ago you wouldn't believe it was possible. I believe we're going to see some miracles happen in this church that a month ago you're like, where in the world? Who's doing all this praying and fasting all of a sudden? I believe in praying and fasting, and and it's working, and it does work, and we're on a 21-day fast right now. But I believe it's a little more than that this time. I believe God is ready to raise up churches all around the world in the middle of all of this mess we're in and say, you know what? I'm going to start doing some things that you will never believe can happen. Come on, Grace Church. Y'all know this. Y'all know God can do it. Deep down, you know God can do it. Amen. So he's going to give Gideon a task that's the success of it's not even believable. The path to success is at best ludicrous. God sent a prophet to the nation. He sent a prophet, a preacher to the nation. But he sent an angel of the Lord to talk to Gideon. And I have something to tell you about that Sunday. The prophet is speaking right now, but I'm going to tell you Of an angelic manifestation this coming Sunday. So today, tonight, I want all of us here. Ministry team people, Sunday school teachers, media booth musicians. Put your elbow down off the chair if it will help you listen better. Whatever it is. I want you to put yourself, and I've been doing this for the past several days. Put ourselves tonight in the shoes of Gideon. As he experiences the transforming power of God in his life. As he moves forward into the incomprehensible will of God. God, I'm going to do what you want me to do. And don't have a chance at working. But I'm going to go ahead and do it. It's this posture. I'm going to prove it to you. So here we go. Let's look at Judges chapter 6. Let's go through this again. Let me tell you what they're up against. The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hands of of, of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel, and because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them the dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. That's where they live. Verse 7, And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, 
Verse 11. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak which was in Orpha and that pertained unto Joash uh, the son of, and his son Gideon who threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. He was doing this in secret. And then skipping down verse 12, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said, O oh my Lord, if the Lord be with us, and why has all this befallen us, and where be all of his miracles which your fathers told us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt, and now the Lord hath forsaken us, and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites? And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? And he said, O oh my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least of my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites, as one man, and Gideon, in my opinion, and from my perspective, has the license to say, how in God's name are you going to do this? Well, we can learn some lessons about how Gideon discovered his full potential. When nothing made sense, nothing added up, and this plan God had didn't have a hope and a prayer. I'm being honest. And you and I feel much the same way. You see people at Walmart and you feel that little nudge, talk to them, pray with them. And you don't do it because you're fearful. And you won't invite your spouse to church, but you're afraid. And you want to witness to your lost family, but you're scared because they're not going to invite you over for Christmas and give you a present. But we can learn some lessons about how Gideon discovered his full potential and became the person God wanted him to be, a mighty warrior for God. So I want to challenge us tonight to believe God's word and promises again. Let's believe it again. So I want you to notice tonight Gideon's fear and low self-esteem. Notice what he said. Gideon was threshing some wheat secretly in a wine press so that the Midianites would not see him. The angel of the Lord said, Why are we in bondage? He asked the angel of the Lord, Why are we in bondage? And Gideon said to him, Why has all this happened to us if the Lord is with us? And the Lord has abandoned us and left us to the mercy of the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord said, He asked the angel of the Lord, How can I deliver, deliver Israel? And but Lord, I, I can't do this. My clan is the weakest in the tribe of Manasseh, and I'm the least important member of my family. All this wine, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't. And if you were the angel of the Lord, I thought you were, you'd know all of this by now because y'all watch everything and you know everything and, and you shouldn't even be talking to me right now. God, I hope this hits home with somebody. If I can get five people, if I can get five people to... So after all of his wine and after all of his I can't and here's my reasons why I can't and they're good reasons, God steps up in that same conversations and starts making promises. Gideon was told of what he could become if he would endorse God's plan. Gideon is starting to say, okay, I think he's realizing He's talking to an angel here, and you really don't have a lot of choice. I'll do it, God, but I don't really believe it. Gideon was given divine authority. God said, I'm with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And then he said, go in this might, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? So Gideon was given, he was told what he could become. By obeying God's plan, he, God gave him the authority to do it, and he still didn't believe it. Gideon was assured of God's mighty presence. God said, surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And he still didn't believe it. So Gideon was assured of his calling by supernatural signs. The fleece thing, you remember that? He still didn't believe it. He didn't. So now he wants God to prove what he said, and that's where you go through the fleece thing. I won't take time to read all that, but you know the story of how he fleeced God twice. 
And so as, this, as if his fleecing God wasn't enough, God, <laughs> this is almost humorous to me in a way, so God is thinking, you don't believe nothing my angel is telling you. I did the fleece thing, you know, you believe that. So now I'm going to have your enemies tell you that you're going to crush them. Now let's see if you believe them. Anybody on board yet? And there's people here tonight that are saying there's no way God can use me because of this, 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 and this. I've asked you to put yourself in the place of Gideon. God's going to give you 300 men to go against a 135,000-man army and see how you line up. You believe you can do it? Nobody? So in Judges chapter 7, verse 9, it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, said unto Gideon, since you don't believe everything I've said and you don't believe the fleece thing, now I want you to rise, get thee down unto the host, for I have delivered it into thine hand, this 135,000 soldiers. But if thou fear to go down, go thou with Pura, thy servant, down to the host. Don't know what he could have done. And thou shalt hear what they say. And afterward shall thine hands be strengthened to go down unto the host. Then went he down with Pura, his servant, uh, unto the outside of the armed men that were in the host, and the Midianites and the Amalekites, and all the children of the east lay along the valley like grasshoppers for multitudes. There was thousands of them. Ten times bigger than the city of Central. Put it in perspective. And their camels were without number as the sand by the seaside for multitude. And I'm sure the emoji issue came up. That Gideon is... You know, it's easy to believe God's plan when you're in the presence of God. But when you go look at the enemy, <laughs> I don't know what knees smoting one against the other is. Oh, my goodness. Put yourself in this man's place. And when Gideon came, was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow or his friend and said, Behold, I dreamed a dream, and lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian and came unto a tent and smote it that it fell and overturned it, that the tent lay along. And his fellow answered and said, This is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. For into his hand hath God delivered Midian and all the host. And finally, Gideon says, Okay, I believe it, I'll do it. It took his enemy to persuade him. How would you feel if your backslidden spouse got up Sunday morning and said, um, I'm going to church with you today? Do you believe that can happen? Or have you lived so long without your spouse in church with you that there's just, Brother Murphy, I just don't see any way? If you ever have an opportunity, get on YouTube and pull up Brother Lonnie Treadway's message. The title of it, and I'm not joking, is you picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille. He tells an amazing story. He tells an amazing story of a woman who attended church for years without her husband, taught a Sunday school class and was going to give it up. And her pastor said, just give me one more Sunday teaching that class. And that Sunday morning, she got up and her husband said, honey, would you press me a shirt and shine my shoes and I'm going to church with you today. Pray through the Holy Ghost that Sunday morning. Can God do that for anybody here tonight? And it was so when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation of that he worshipped. He didn't worship when the prophet preached. And he didn't worship when the angel of the Lord came, he didn't worship when the fleece thing happened. But when his enemy said, Gideon is coming to get us and he's going to swallow us up like a whale. That's not what he said. It's just my interpretation of it. And then Gideon said, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Something's going to happen, hallelujah. There's a verse in the Bible, it's in the New Testament, and here of late it's become really perplexing to me. 
In Romans 10, 17, the Bible said, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you come to church, what do you hear? I know what you hear when you come to this church. I know over the past month, I'm going to say this because I haven't been in the pulpit in the past month. So for the past month, you have been hearing the word of God. So why isn't faith produced? There's one more thing that Gideon had to go through in his transformation. Remember I talked about Gideon's transformation. I've, I've tried to lead you through it step by step by step. Don't anybody think here tonight you're disqualified from this. Don't anybody think that. Everybody here tonight, you are qualified from the new birth experience. Jesus said in Mark 16, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You'll cast out demons and all of that stuff will happen. So now that Gideon is persuaded and he worshiped, God gave Gideon a command to obey. And this is a tough one. This is a tough one. But obedience, it's not always faith to getting God to work in your life. As a matter of fact, I believe it's less faith and more obedience than anything else. God commands him to build an altar of uncompromising worship. The prophet included in his message to the nation not to be afraid of the God of the Amorites. Don't worry about their gods. They have no power, none of that. But there's gods we have in our lives that we serve every single day. Doubt, fear, all these things. We bow to that every single day. Yes, we do. <clears throat> so God now commands Gideon. And this is where it gets starts getting a little bit tough. And it's going to be tough for you and I to do this. I hope we've been doing this during our 21 days of sacrifice. What God is asking Gideon to do, Gideon has manifested his faith. He's manifesting his faith here. He's obeying God. But his fear is not of the Midianites and the Amalekites. His fear now is his own family. Because what God has asked him to do is in direct opposition to his family. Y'all listen to pastor tonight. In Judges chapter 6 verse 25, and it came to pass the same night. Remember the enemies talked to him and he heard him say all that. So that same night the Lord spoke to him and said, Take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father had. And cut down the grove that is by it. Now when Gideon does this, he knows that he is going to stir up trouble. It's going to be unbelievable. And God told him to build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock in the ordered place and take the second bullock and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove that thou hast cut down. So not only am I going to tear up my father's altar, I'm going to use it to cause it, to create a fire, to start a fire, to sacrifice unto the Lord. Then Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord said unto him. And so it was because he feared his father's household. When Gideon did this, they began to call him by a nickname. Jeroboam, which was a slur or a slang for what he had done. And because he was so fearful of his family, he did all of this at night in secret while his daddy was sleeping so he wouldn't get caught at it. I wonder tonight, before I continue, how far would, be we, would we be willing to go in obedience to the word of God, the will of God, the plan of God, if we knew that some amazing, incredible victory was on the other side of it. Is that victory worth the sacrifice that we would have to make now? 
you could rationalize that, you know, it's been, we've been seven years in bondage to the Midianites, but we're still surviving. I mean, we're still alive. I mean, we still have a cave to live in and, you know, keep the rain off of our head. So, I mean, God, do I really want to cause all this tumult in my family when, you know, it's, I don't like the way it is right now, but, but to bring your will to pass, <laughs> I'm going to cause a lot of trouble and stir up a lot of stuff and, I just don't think, God, that, you know, it's worth the price. So we'll just keep putting up with the Midianites because every time we plant something, they come destroy the crops. And every time we get animals, they come and kill them. We can't ever have nothing. But, God, somehow we're still surviving, you know, little by little and day by day. So rather than stir up all this tumult in my family, perhaps we'll just keep living the way we're living. I don't want to do that. I'm not interested in doing that. So Gideon was given a charge by God to build an altar. It's okay to build an altar. But the next part of it is where the, the trouble started for Gideon. Of uncompromising worship. In other words, I'm going to give my life to God no matter what the consequences are. No matter what happens. No matter what I have to do. No matter what God wants me to become. I don't care what I've lost in the past, what I've done in the past. I mentioned earlier in this Bible study, when Israel sinned against God and was put into bondage under the Midianites, was Gideon a part of that sin or no? I believe he was. But God is pushing all of that aside, and he's wanting to do the same thing for us no matter what our failures have been, no matter what we've done, no matter what we've thought, no matter what we've said. God wants to put all of that under the blood once and for all to get one thing out of it for him. And that is uncompromising worship. Worship that is genuine, that is sincere, that is fervent, that is passionate, that is real. And that says, I really don't care what anybody else thinks about it. It's a shame that Gideon had finally reached a place in his transformation through all this process that he believes what God is saying that he wants to do. He's heard the enemy even say. But now he's got this family thing. He's got his peer group. He's got his support group. He's got his friends, all of that. What are they going to think if I do all this stuff? But God says no compromise. None. God is not going to give in an inch. So far in this presentation tonight, I believe God has been really fair with Gideon. He sent him a prophet. He sent him an angel. He did the fleece thing. And now he's even got the Midianites scared to death of him. That's pretty fair. And so I believe God kind of has the bargaining power here tonight, if you will, to use very slang, in my opinion, vernacular. So Gideon, I've shown this, I've done this, I've given this. I'm forgetting about the sin. Y'all have cried, y'all have repented. Now I'm coming to deliver. So build me an altar and worship me without compromise. Worship me with your whole heart. I'm your only God in your life. I have no more fear, no more doubt, no more unbelief. Let the people know who you are. And what you believe. I don't think it's really possible scripturally. That God will ever use a secret saint to win a battle. Somewhere along the line something has to come out in public. So I believe tonight God is calling on Grace Church to come out in the open. And take our stand in what we believe regardless of the cost, and I hope I understand that statement myself. So, watch this. Gideon does what God asked him to do. He suffers some persecution even from his family, but he's still alive. He's still surviving. In Judges chapter 7 and verse 20, he took his 300 men under God's commandment. And the three companies blew the trumpets 
which God told them to take with them, break the pitchers, like you pour water with, a pitcher you pour water out of, and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow with all. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. That's all they had to do. They stood every man in his place round about the camp and these 135,000 soldiers, all of them ran and cried and fled. And the 300 blew the trumpets and the Lord set every man's sword against his fellow even throughout all the host and the host fled. In other words, they started killing each other. The Midianites started, they were so terrified they started killing each other. This is Bible. I'm not reading out of a fairy tale book. And the ones that survived the battle with his fellow soldier started running for all he was worth. And Gideon and his 300 men and others started to follow. I'll talk about that Sunday. Um, and they won their battle. 300 against 135,000. Here's what happened when they broke the pitcher. It was made of clay. We are made of clay. So it's a type of breaking our old nature. The Gideon that was secretly threshing wheat in a wine press so the Midianites couldn't see him nor find him is now courageously standing up somewhere in a mountain under the, under the cover of darkness, blowing a trumpet, broke a pitcher, and has a lantern in his hand. Waving that. And the enemy down in the valley goes absolutely berserk. What God did to Gideon to make all that happen, first thing he had to do was to break his old nature. He had to get out of we are captives to the Midianites' attitude. And if God is going to pull us into his will and purpose where he wants us to be, what kind of attitude do you think we're going to have to get out of? It starts with the capital letter C, and it ends in a number. No idea? Can I give you a hint? It started out as Corona. And not the alcoholic beverage. What's another hint I could give y'all? Has to do with the SARS virus. Sister Murphy, we're in a restaurant today, and six men, employees of a particular company, were sitting at a table next to us. And all they talked about was COVID 19 and mask and vaccinations. If we could stop talking about that for about four seconds and talk to people about Jesus you might see some impact because I believe people might be a little more open right now. We have to break our old nature. This is transformation. So God break us through all of our problems and all this difficulty we had to shape us and increase our faith in you. For unless we are broken, the light of Jesus will never shine through our lives. The second thing they did was took a lantern and lit it and was waving a lantern. I know this. I told you this is ludicrous. This sounds so stupid. How is this going to win a battle? Am I being too harsh tonight? This is the way I think. This, if somebody had told me to take 300 men and go defeat 135,000 trained soldiers, I'd laugh in your face. But this is what God did. And the process through which God did it that we'll talk about Sunday it's ridiculous. The whole thing is ridiculous. And those, our Sunday school teachers and those of us who have been Sunday school teachers and those of us that are preachers here tonight, we can preach this sermon with all of our might and get everybody fired up all we want to. But until we practice it and we understand the context of it, we need to keep our mouth shut. And I'm saying here tonight, I'm doing my best to put my, my feet in the shoes of Gideon tonight. Because I have a similar attitude that where is God and why isn't God doing anything? And I have prayed that and I have griped that and I have complained that and I have whined that till last Wednesday, a week ago today. Give you a little tidbit for Sunday. You know what COVID-19 has done to the church, to the apostolic church in this world? You know what it's done? It has revealed who we really are. 
God spoke that to me. It came out of my mouth, and there's a witness right there that heard it. It has. It has revealed who we are. So God is wanting to take us just like we are and say, I want to accomplish something through you right now that is mind-boggling, and you wouldn't believe it if I told you. If God had told Gideon when he was talking to that angel at the wine press doing all this stuff in secret, that look, you're going to sound a trumpet and you're going to get 32,000 men out of here and I'm going to whittle that down and I'm going to whittle it down and you're going to end up with 300. Gideon would have run into the woods and you would have never seen him again. God couldn't have afforded to tell him what he was going to do at that time. He was just struggling with the idea that God was going to do something before he even knew what it was he was struggling to do. So the burning lamp is the type of God's testimony. This is demonstration. The lamp needs oil in it. We need the Holy Ghost. We need an infilling of the Holy Ghost. We need a fresh infilling of the Holy Ghost. We need the anointing power of the Holy Ghost. We need the Spirit of God on the inside of us. That You remember that old verse that we haven't heard in a long time? It's Acts 1-8. And you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. We need that. I know Grace Church pretty well. And there's about five, ten people that's really on board with this night. The rest are like, not a chance, Pastor. But we'll see. And then when they blew the trumpet, it was proclamation. So in this transformation that, that Gideon went through, and it took me a long time to get to this, we break our old nature, that's transformation. And then the burning lamp is God's testimony illuminating out of us. And then we start blowing the trumpet. We start blasting it. Everywhere we go that's, that you can get away with it that's appropriate, Walmart, the restaurant. I remember I thought about it this week in, in preparation for this, and I felt so convicted. I was sitting in a, a restaurant one time, and I've told you this story, and God spoke to me and said, that couple needs prayer over there. And I got up without any hesitation and went over there and introduced myself and said, can I pray for you? And they said, sure, and I prayed with them. I hadn't done that in months. I haven't felt to because, God, what about me? I remember going to a restaurant when the hostess knew I pastored a church and she walked up to me and she said, that lady over there just lost her husband. Would you mind going and pray for her? I didn't ask now. I just got up and went and prayed for her. Gave her a church card and went and prayed for her. We've got to get this back, folks. We've got to get our proclamation of the gospel back where we're not skittish or afraid. I know our media despises the church. Our government right now hates the church. But that doesn't diminish our purpose. So it's, we have to declare and claim and remind God about His promise and speak about it. Convince yourself of it. And then let people hear it. Share your faith with them. Let the enemies hear it and let them be defeated. The good news is a terrifying sound for the enemy. But a sound of gladness and freedom for God's people. If you've been blessed, encouraged, inspired... By this presentation and by the preaching we've heard over the past several weeks, if you've been inspired by this, it's time to do something now. It's time to put it where our mouth is and see what God can do. God help us tonight. God help us tonight. Stand with me tonight, everybody. Stand with me. and I'm not going to ask you tonight to listen to me pray. I'm going to ask you to pray. I'd like you to pray so loud these two microphones over here can pick you up. That's for people on live stream so they can hear crowd noise. I'd like for them to hear people in this building praying tonight. Thank the Lord. Let's just pray for just a, maybe a minute or two that God will take this and put it in our head and our heart that we can start making an impact in our community and our, our families that God can do amazing things through us. Let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. God, I pray tonight for an outpouring of your spirit. I pray tonight that we're motivated and challenged by the word of God. I pray tonight, God, that you, you're speaking to this church. The prophet, in context with this scripture, has spoken. There's been the angelic manifestation. We know that. And I pray tonight, God, that we'll go with your plan. Help us to go with your plan. Whatever it is, 
If you told us now, it'd probably scare us to death. But whatever it is you want to do, with all of my might, God, with all of my heart, I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of it. I don't want to sit on the sideline and just watch it all happen. I don't want to observe. But I want to be a part. I want to be a recipient. I want it to flow out of me. I want the power of the Holy Ghost, the anointing of the Holy Ghost, the fervency of the Holy Ghost, the passion of the Holy Ghost to move in my life and flow out of my mouth. In the name of Jesus, I declare it by the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's clap our hands. To the Lord tonight, clap your hands to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank the Lord, thank the Lord. Brother Henry, you asked me a couple of weeks ago, when are we going to hear Pastor preach again? Was this okay tonight? Was this all right? I'm getting a good affirmation from Brother Henry. Thank you for that. Folks, let the Lord use you. Let the Lord use you. This isn't discovering yourself just to be a little better person and all that, as we said. But this is to go in the fear, the power, and the might of the Lord tonight. God bless you tonight. Love on one another. And Lord willing, we'll see you Sunday. Men, remember men's prayer. Come help us pray Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. God bless you. 9 o'clock.